and welcome to another brand new episode of the Movie Podcast. My name is Daniel, and alongside me are Shabazz and Anthony. Gentlemen, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing great too, man. Thanks for asking. Oh, no problem. Thank you for answering. Oh, okay. You okay, okay today? <laughs> you seem a little too uh, radio today for no, me. No, no. I'm, I'm doing I want well. you to give me the, the raw Daniel, like the, yo, what's up? What's up, everyone? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's it's nice. Uh, it's nice to be recording a brand new episode for first time in a long time. I think there's a lot of good news in our news this week that we get to yeah, talk about. And not that many deaths, which is great. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's also a good way to yeah. to manage this it is for like sure. Third, fourth week, we didn't have to deal with like a, a death in the industry. Yeah, yeah, which is great because I know there was a week where a month where we had one after the other after the other. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, Difficult time, but now we have good news, good things to talk about today, including things like Kang the Conqueror coming to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and She-Hulk and the PlayStation 5 craziness that ensued this mm-hmm. week, which we will get to. Uh, spoiler alert, though, we all did get our PS5s, so we are we are set on that front. Pending cancellation, cancellation or... 2020 just ends. continuing I don't think, to... I don't think so. I don't think it will be canceled. I think this the world can end. That's what can happen. Yeah, yeah. we'll be canceled. <laughs> yes. We'll be canceled before the PS5 is. Uh, as always, you could catch a brand new episode of the Movie Podcast every single Monday across all your favorite podcast services. If you want to write in and be part of the show, you can at thistimewith.com slash talk and give us your comments, suggestions, corrections, and just talk to us about movies. Uh, also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Movie Podcast. That's right, the Movie Podcast. That's it. Nice and easy to remember. You could follow us there. Uh, some quick announcements this week. Uh, you already know we have some great commentaries available on our feed for Game Night, Sicario, Spider Man. Uh, we have some great episodes in our back catalog: Black Lives Matter, our DC Fandom episode, and of course our interview with director Kevin Lima. We have a lot more fun interviews coming up on the movie podcast, so you already know what to do. Make sure you're keeping it right here. Uh, we have our Last of Us Part 2 spoiler cast as well, too, with our good friends Nate and Matt from We Are Geek Centric and Untitled Movie Podcast. And, of course, we have our reviews now that movies are sort of coming out we have some reviews that you could catch up on so of course we have the playstation revolution mulan tenet new mutants and just this week because tiff was happening we have some tiff reviews in our feed as well too guys let's get into the news Damn, that was really good. That was good. We, actually, we all just we all just locked eyes. Yeah, and we, we like did it. both my eyes, like my left and right, they yeah. separated, and we're looking at you. My it third eye opened. Oh my like that, god, that's what happened when we do it at the same time. Oh, oh where's your third eye? <laughs> it's, it's I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's keep going. <laughs> uh, first up on the news story, so we have a bunch of Marvel news to start us off this week. But Jonathan Majors joins the Marvel Cinematic Universe and lands uh, his next major role. Uh, sorry, let me start this again. Jonathan Majors joins Marvel Cinematic Universe and lands the major role in next Ant-Man movie. This is coming from Justin Kroll of Deadline. After making a star-making turn in HBO's hit series Lovecraft Country, Jonathan Majors is now ready to make his mark in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a big way. Majors has been tapped for one of the lead roles in the next Ant-Man movie opposite Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly. The studio had no comment, but sources close to the project say he is likely to play Kang the Conqueror. 
Uh, sources add that like with so many new characters in the MCU, there could be a twist on how the character is featured in future films. But as of now, he is likely to be one of the main villains in the next installment in the Ant-Man franchise. Although it's possible he could be used differently in the movie, it, like, sorry, Although it's possible he could be used differently in the movie, in the comics, Kang is a time-traveling entity who can who battles with everyone from Thor to Spider-Man to the entire Avengers team. The summer of 2020 has been good to Majors, both on film and on the TV front. He began star um, he began the summer starring in Spike Lee's epic war drama Defy Bloods, and he followed it up with Lovecraft Country, created by Misha Green and produced by Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams. The series premiered in August and broke digital records for the network. Anthony, what do you think of Kang the Conqueror potentially being the next big bad guy in the MCU? Um. It's huge, I guess. Um, it, I, I'm not a big fan of Kang because time travel. I'm not a big fan of time travel. Right. You like one time. You like to just. <laughs> I, like, I like yeah, this I like, time. I like this time. <laughs> this time um, with. And I always get podcast. confused with any type of time travel films. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I I enjoy Majors. He's really great in oh, yeah. uh, Love, uh, Lovecraft uh, Country, uh, The Five Bloods, Last Black Man, Last, Last Black, Black Man, Man in San, San Francisco. Francisco. Um, so I'm really happy that he's in ant-man yeah as kang i don't like re- is is this 100 percent confirmed as he as kang or is he he's gonna be in ant-man we just don't know right it's just like the sources are close to saying yeah. this is what know. they're saying right now because kang is a huge character he yeah huge, huge care. he's like as big as thanos because he can jump from one time to another right that's his whole persona and it's, it's funny though that like uh you know I, I think it makes sense the time travel aspects especially with how endgame was and we know the Loki show is going to center around yeah. time travel, and yeah. there's like the something going on with like the time travel police in that show, so they could tie Kang into there, and then Ant Man deals with like the different, um, not multiverses, but the different I guess dimensions as well too as they go into the microverse and all that right, fun right, stuff. Right. So I think it makes sense that we'll see him, and he he's one of those actors that like there was a, like a campaign on Twitter a few weeks ago, like yeah he'd be the perfect John Stewart Green Lantern. And then yeah. it's like Marvel comes in as always, not 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 saying that they did it to, to just to snatch him up, but like Marvel is really good at grabbing actors and creative people right on, I think, on the peak of as their cusping, right. as they're fame. about to become massive. Yeah. Right. And we saw that with a bunch of actors in, in the MCU and directors now. And it makes sense that they're going after him because I think he's only he's only begun to peak. You know? Yeah, because he's fairly new to the the, the, the film world, right? Right. Now. Yeah. yeah. Shay, what do you think of this? Yeah, I think his performance in um, Defy Bloods, and especially I haven't seen Lovecraft Country yet, but in the Last Black Man, I loved his performance in that film. He played like he was so good in that movie that I forgot that he was in Five Bloods. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Because it, it's there's such different roles that he plays, right. and um, I'm I'm down to see more of him. I think he's really interesting. I think he's gonna be a really cool actor, and I think. You know, Marvel needs guys like this that can come in and just be a chameleon in, in any role that they yeah. want. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see. Yeah. Uh, continuing on with our Marvel news this week, She-Hulk. Uh, Tatiana Maslany lands title role in new Marvel series. This is also coming from Justin Kroll of Deadline. After tapping um, Kat's... Koro uh, as director, Marvel Studios looks to have found its star to take over the title role in, she- in the She-Hulk series. 
Sources tell Deadline that orphan black star Tatiana Maslany is the choice to play the title character in Marvel's She-Hulk series for Disney+. Deadline broke, um, Deadline broke on Tuesday that Koro would be directing several episodes, including the pilot, for the series, and now the show has an actress for the highly coveted role. The last major character to be created by Stanley, She-Hulk, is Jennifer Walters, an attorney and cousin of Bruce Banner, a.k.a. the Hulk. An emergency blood transfusion from her cousin gives Walters her powers, but unlike Banner Hulk, She-Hulk was able to keep her intelligence and personality when she hulked out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, Mark Ruffalo tweeted this week too, welcome to the family, cuz, uh, to so, this news. So that means he's going to be in it. I hope so. Yeah. I really like Mark Ruffalo's Hulk, but I'm curious now, how is her, I guess, origin story going to happen now that Hulk is kind of like smart Hulk now? Right. Yeah. I feel like it might be like some sort of experiment. Yeah. Between the two. Or I don't know. Maybe like, she was helping him become smart Hulk and then something happened with her. And... You think this happens before... Uh, Endgame? That, that five years in between? Yeah. Could be. It could be. There's it a lot of be. there's a lot of storytelling areas there that they could within the five years. They could expand on. Yeah. But I do like Tatiana. She was in I recently watched Perry Mason. She was in it. A great yep. great character actor. Um so yeah, I'm in I'm looking forward to seeing her as the Hulk. Yeah, and she's Canadian. I was gonna say she's Canadian as well. Yeah, she's Canadian. Yeah. So she's also like Sketch she's a, a tiny she's not as like when you think of the Hulk, you think of like this tall, right. huge even for Ruffalo, so they're going to spend a lot of CG time, money, CG oh, money yeah. building. How tall is she? Oh, she's five four. She's right? five four. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Though. Yeah, but it's it's cool. I feel like because again, Marvel has already said they're going to be approaching these shows like their movies, so they're going to have the budget to yeah. back them up, and she'll probably the She Hulk version of herself will probably be a CG creation or a, a, a mix of cg mm. and real life so yeah i'm curious to see what it's no, going it, like it's exciting i think i think she's gonna do great i mean i haven't seen her in perry mason but i mean i'm down for anybody really here at this point it's, it's gonna be a good yeah. you can tell like she she has this look to her that immediately you're like oh yeah i'd love to see you perform in anything really yeah she was in stronger um which i'd seen oh the jake gyllenhaal movie yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. which I, mean, I don't really remember her in that but yeah yeah, she seems like uh, she'd be cool. She played the the girlfriend. Oh yeah, the one, <laughs> that was her name in the movie, dude. Just the girlfriend. Uh, uh, girlfriend. Yeah, I guess <laughs> that movie was really one, sad. That was a yeah, really like, sad film. Just a, yeah, that was the Boston bombing one, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. I mean, it's 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 cool to see though, like where like again the the MCU at this point, it's like you've already gone as big as you could pretty much could go. So now I think instead of going like you should go like wider, cover more characters and. We're seeing that even with our next story. Miss Marvel finds directors in the Pakistani Oscar winner uh, and Bad Boys for Life filmmakers. This has come from Aaron Couch of The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, please forgive me if I mispronounce any of these names. Uh, Disney Plus's Marvel... Oh, this is a tongue twister. Disney Plus's Marvel series, Miss Marvel, has assembled its directing team. Adil Arbi and Bilal Fala, the duo behind... Oh my good. Shay's looking, looking at me. Why are you guys looking at me? No, you guys Shay, looking at me. Shay, Shay looked, looked up at me first. I looked up because Shay, I felt the looks. Shay baited me into looking at you. No, 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 no. Shay. I looked at Shay because I'm like, did you do the pronunciation? <laughs> and, and you looked at me because I was looking at you with just anger in my eyes. Uh, the duo behind this year's Bad Boys for Life have been tapped to work on episodes of the series. Charmaine uh, Obey uh, Chinoy? Obey Chinoy. Yeah. A two-time Oscar winner in the documentary short category has also joined the helming roster for the series, uh, as has uh, Mira Menon, 
whose credits include episodes of The Walking Ted, The Punisher, Titans, Dirty John, and Outloud, Outlander. Miss Marvel hails from uh, head writer Bisha K. Ali and centers on Kamala Khan, a Pakistani-American teen. The New Jersey-based hero broke ground in 2014 as Marvel's first Muslim character to star in her own series, and she will become Marvel Studios' first on-screen Muslim hero. Marvel Studios' chief, Kevin Feige, has said that in addition to appearing on the small screen, Kamala Khan will be included in future Marvel films. The studio is currently in search of an actor to play the hero, whose comics have explored her identity as a Pakistani-American living in, in a religious family in New Jersey while trying to find her own way. Um, I've been reading the Kamala Khan uh, series from 2014, and I just beat, uh, last week I beat the Avengers game where she is, I would say, the lead character in that game, and I absolutely adore the character of Kamala Khan, and I'm really excited to see her on the screen. Um, Shay, what do you think of this news so far? Yeah, um, so my, I mean, I had heard of her, but my introduction to really knowing her character was in the Avengers game, which I started playing, and I think for me it was a huge emotional moment when I started playing the game and realizing that you know, as as a Pakistani person myself, seeing another like seeing in Marvel, seeing a superhero who's Pakistani and who's Muslim, like that was huge for me. Right. Um. So, I I think the representation really really blew me away, and this is something that you know I want to even get my sister into because she's not really into comics right now. She's not into superheroes really that much. So maybe this is something that can kind of push her to maybe get a better understanding. But I'm here for it. Um, I'm glad that it's also not a character that they're just kind of shoving to the side. You can tell that she's a very charismatic character, yeah. very cool powers. And yeah, she's leading this game right now. So for her to be a big character in the movies and TV shows, sounds cool. Yeah. I'm and, here for it. And I think with a character like this too, um, with these different Marvel characters that were now being introduced through shows, I think the shows are the best avenue for them rather than instead of a two hour movie, I'm like, let's get creative and tell a story over six episodes or eight episodes or ever have, cause you could really right. have a lot of character development for that. Yeah. And you, you, then you just get to have them in the movies and be like, yeah, we've have our, our background with them. Right. Exactly. Uh, Anthony, what about you? What do you think? Yeah. It's um, it's a, it, she's a fairly new, new character. I rem remember reading her, her books in 2014 because it was I think it won like an Eisner Award or was nominated for not Eisner Award is it Eisner yeah it is um, and Michael Eisner no the uh, <laughs> the other Eisner the artist Eisner oh okay um, like, yeah it's kind of like they're like comic books have their own awards right type of thing um, so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to her story it's she's like the Spider Man of the female young adults you know like mm -hmm. you know. Miles Morales being, you know, the new Spider-Man mm -hmm. of this generation, and she's like the female version of that for for females as well as just young adults reading, because yeah. her stories were very um, based around teenagers and just like living that life and yeah. having to deal with you know a being you know Muslim, uh, b be dealing with just going to high school and all that stuff and getting superpowers, those similar. Right, Story, this coming of age, coming, coming of age stuff, right. and Miles Morales and um, Kamala Khan. Kamala Khan, they partner up eventually in the that's cool. comic book, so nice. they become like really close friends. So that's something to look forward to in the future because it seems like they're going to go that route. Yeah, do you think them. we'll see Miles in the MCU? I think so. I think we'll. I yeah. think Miles is too big of a character right now to not have to him. not have him yeah. i don't think they'll do the whole like oh peter parker's dead and oh, Miles yeah. is now <laughs> in here i think i think it'd be really dope to see 
them team up? Them team up and work together and uh. maybe someday form some type of Young Avengers and have a Young Avengers show or movie because you're getting Kamala Khan, you're mm-hmm. getting, you have uh, Spider-Man already established, we're getting Kate Bishop, mm-hmm. we're getting a lot of characters who right. can, we could have Ant- Ant-Man lead the team if we want, like, we could have a smaller movie with like these younger characters and i yeah. think that'd be really cool that'd be very cool um yeah the g willow wilson was her name i was just i was blanking on the author's name of who relaunched miss marvel mm. uh really great uh section that's a that's where you should start reading miss marvel if uh, you are if you're looking for your sister to to look into reading it it's really great yeah i like her powers she's like very elasticy and stretchy and yeah. she can like stretch her arms out and become yeah. a giant and stuff like that it's cool it reminds me of like elastic man and like that, and Mr. Fantastic. Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic, yeah. Yeah, 100%. That's a, that's a vibe that I got. But I like the like the whole idea of how she chose Miss Marvel. Because when I when I first read it, I'm like, wait, there is a Miss Marvel. It's like Carol Danvers. And, like, what's the, what's the difference? But it's like this whole crew of Miss Marvels. Like, it's it's not... It's a gang. It's not... It's, not, <laughs> it's, not, it's like Batman. It's like... You're, it's a symbol. Right. Thing, you know, it's... You're respecting that symbol, and right. you're part of that team, yeah. right? Because she's such a huge like Avengers fan, right? Yeah, like she's yeah. such she's a she, fan. Yeah. She's like such a fanboy, and I, it'd be fun to see that. Like, obviously, we won't really get to see her interact with Iron Man or or Captain America or anything or Black Widow. But um, again, it also all depends on is the show going to start in the between the five years? Oh, right? there you go. Yeah, you it's know? possible. It's possible. So yeah, we'll see. Let's There's, see what that that universe, that multiverse, that Kang type of, type of timeline. Yeah. Verse. What's Kang going to get up to? Yeah. Um, our next news story this week: The Batman resumes filming after Robert Pattinson's COVID nineteen quarantine. This is coming from Aaron Couch of the Hollywood Reporter. The Batman is back in action. Following a hiatus of COVID-19 quarantine precautions, filming has now resumed on the Batman in the UK, a Warner Brothers spokesperson said in a statement Thursday. On September 3rd, the Batman shut down production in London, with Warner Brothers stating that a member of the production had contracted the novel coronavirus. Sources told The Hollywood Reporter that star Robert Pattinson had been diagnosed with COVID-19, through the studio, and um, though the studio declined to comment on the specific individual who had tested positive, the Batman, which is due out October first, twenty twenty one, previously shut down in mid March as the pandemic forced film and TV shoots to pause work. It will only, uh, ba- sorry, it was only back in production for a few days before Pattinson's diagnosis shut it down again. So the Batman is back up and running. COVID did not stop he, him. He beat the coronavirus. He like, beat the he coronavirus. Get it. He beat it fast, too. Robert Pattinson's the kind of guy, like, I love him, but he's the kind of guy that would get it. Like, you know, he'd be out there just like, I'm going to lick this. uh, (laughs) What? uh, I'm just going to. He, like, took it literally, right? Like, he literally became. He ate a bat. He He ate ate a bat. He He literally, he was like. I got to eat it. Because he's like, I haven't read the comics yet, but I'm assuming this is how he gets his powers, right? And they're they're like, no, he has no powers. And he's like, oh, I'm I'm already halfway down this bat right now. (laughs) I'm going full method for this, and I I need to yeah, how like how long do you think it'll it'll stay in production before they shut down again? I don't know, man. I didn't expect it. Yo, that Europe is off, Europe is going again. Like their that that their second wave is happening hard. Oh, yeah, and yeah. where are they filming? UK, 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 and like Scotland area. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think they still shot some things with the stunt heard, double. They yeah. said they were going to use like the, the his uh, body double from this in the suit and everything. So. Yeah, yeah, they, they could still just shot CG some stuff. his face, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you probably just only see his chin, right? So. It's true. <laughs> Or just like the back of his head. You can't yeah. tell what it is. Right. Um, but it's nice to know this is up and running, and I'm hoping that everybody stays safe while making this. I hope, I hope he's safe. I hope uh, he stops eating bats, if that's if that's okay <laughs> with him. 
no. He says no. He says no. Okay. I'm vengeance. Okay. (laughs) Our last news story this week, Godfather series A Go at CBS All Access. Sorry, as CBS All Access is renamed Paramount Plus. This is coming from Natalie Darvey of The Hollywood Reporter. Viacom CBS is turning to a 100-year-old brand to bolster its streaming business. The company plans to rebrand CBS All Access as Paramount Plus in early 2021, stocking stocking the expanded service with originals that have close ties to well-known franchises, from The Godfather to Criminal Minds to The Game. Paramount is an iconic and storied brand beloved by consumers all over the world, and it is synonymous with quality, integrity, and world-class storytelling, CEO Bob Backish said in a statement. With Paramount TV, sorry, with Paramount Plus, we're excited to establish one global streaming brand in the broad pay segment that will draw on the sheer breadth of depth of the Viacom CBS portfolio to offer an extraordinary collection of content for everyone to enjoy. Among the projects in the works is the offer, a 10-episode scripted limited series from the writer-executive producer um, Michael uh, Tolkien about Al Ruddy's experience producing The Godfather. Hmm. Um it's interesting that we're seeing kind of another studio kind of rebranding their their streaming service around, I guess, an established brand. I love the name Paramount Plus. I mm-hmm. think it's really smart of them to use it. Um, but again, they're kind of they're going to like, oh, let's use this established brand as our brand, because kind of like HBO Max did with, even though it's not HBO, they they took the HBO name. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives me hope that. They hopefully change HBO Max to Warner Plus or Warner Brothers Plus. But Seriously, they, Warner Plus would be so good. Yeah, I'm yeah. okay with the pluses. Like if they all branded themselves as pluses, yeah, I'm okay with that. Then you yeah, know, just make it. That's like that's streaming service. Yeah, that's like the how you know it's streaming service. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What have, do you think of this news though? Like, what do you think of the content that we're going to be getting with so this? It's a show about Al Ruddy's experience producing the movie The Godfather. Yeah, nothing. So it's not a Godfather it's, series. Okay. It's just. So like, about his experience making it's like a it's not it's not it's not like a documentary it's an actual like scripted drama series oh, about him okay okay so oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. yeah so it's not a document okay hmm. interesting i don't know like i don't know much about like how like yeah. i guess the challenges of making godfather right. but if there's a story to tell why not yeah, yeah. you know i like the name too the offer i like it too. the yeah. offer yeah i like that um, they're probably going to deal with like a lot of like oh getting marlon brando yeah and, you know, Al Pacino being there's going to be someone who plays Al Pacino. That's interesting now. So like it's weird seeing it's kind of it's reminding me a lot of like um, American Crime Story OJ. Yeah, where, yeah. You know, you're it, that's an event that happened, and now you're we're seeing a dramatization of it, but it's not like a true like it's not like a true crime kind of documentation where it's like and then the killer went into the room. It's more like one of those like oh we're actually going to just recreate all this. Yeah. So, um, it's cool. I mean, it, now that I kind of have a better understanding of what it is, I'm kind of down for it. I thought it was going to be like a show taking place in the Godfather universe. And I was like, ah, is there anything else to do we tell? Need, do we need this now? Yeah, no, like, no. It's, it's yeah. about it's a, the production. It's, it's a dramatic show on the on how it, I guess, came to screen, which. Yeah, yeah. which is cool. Yeah, it would yeah. be cool. And obviously, like Paramount, like we're big fans of Paramount mm-hmm. Studios. Like we like the Paramount tour we loved yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, in in Hollywood, it's the only studio still operating in Hollywood. Old Hollywood, the, the old old Hollywood. I area. passed by it. I never went in it. 
Should have gone inside. inside. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they took us on a nice tour. They even gave us food. It was great chicken. Oh yeah, it was great chicken. Yeah, we ate in the uh, we ate in the the theater where they like have, have the their premieres, premieres and stuff. Yeah, really. We sat yeah. on the Forrest oh. Gump bench. Forrest Gump bench. Um, oh. it's cool because like if you if at the at the Paramount gates when you look directly through it you can yeah. see the Hollywood sign too. So it's like it's, it's very like, like arches. Yeah, it's very like old Hollywood inside yeah. there. Yeah, very cool. I, I recommend once uh, the world is not shit to yeah. go on the Paramount tour. Yeah, Warner Brothers and Paramount were amazing tours. Mm. Let's get cool. into some box office. Cha-ching! <laughs> oh, sorry. I, was <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if we were going to do it either, but I just was like, I'll go with it. Let's do it. Uh, Disney Plus scored big financial win, uh, windfall with Mulan streaming release. This is coming from Alexander Canal of Yahoo Finance. Disney took a calculated risk releasing its live-action Mulan remake on streaming service Disney+, Plus, which new data suggests is paying off. According to exclusive figures provided by analytics research firm Seven Park Data, nearly 29% of U.S. US households that subscribe to Disney+, Plus purchased the $30 Mulan film through September 12th, far surpassing the popular and free titles on the platform. Christopher Nolan's Tenant, which hit U.S. theaters September 3rd, grossed over $207 million globally, but only 14% of that came from domestic markets, roughly $29 million, a disappointing result for a film once hailed as the box office saving grace. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about Mulan quickly. Um, we had a great discussion, I think, last week on really everything that's going on with that movie Yeah, that has nothing to do with the movie itself. Right. Everything that's surrounding the movie and the really... All really bad stuff. All the really bad stuff that's surrounding that. So definitely check out last week's episode where we go into that. Um, I'm not surprised it's doing well on Disney Plus, though. I mean, no. 29% of people... What? Uh, U.S. household, though. U.S. households. Disney Plus has... Oh, wow. Di- U.S. Because I'm going to say Disney Plus has around 60 million... Is it global? Global. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how many of that is just in the States, but um, 30%, I would say, is a it's a big amount of people mm-hmm. in the States mm-hmm. who have that, who have paid for that. Curious to see how many people have it in the States. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Disney hasn't released any specific numbers yet, but that's a, it's a good amount. And obviously, we've spoken about Tenet and the box office troubles also last week. We spoke about that. Um, yeah. Again, with cases going up in places and here in Canada, too, it's I think it may be a little while before we start to see new releases again in theaters with Wonder Woman being pushed. And I think now we're looking at November. Right now is the next time we have Black Widow, we have Pixar Soul, we have uh, James Bond coming out in November. So who knows who's going to move first? You know, like we, we heard yeah. rumors of Widow either being pushed or maybe Disney Plus. A Soul looks to be going on Disney Plus, probably as Premier Access as well. But is we'll that see. so? Would that be a new cost? Like a, like a, like a premiere access one yeah, again? Yeah, so it would be a, a, a new cost, correct? I, I don't like know. I, I don't know how they're... Because like when they put Onward on there back in March, Onward just kind of came to Disney Plus and was like, yeah, watch it. It's there. Yeah. So I don't know if they're going to do that again with Soul or, but Onward or was, Black Widow. It came out in theaters and then... For like was, a week though, right? It didn't do really well in theaters. Right. And I don't think... So, I think Soul will gain more. Oh, for sure. That's their... That's like I'm predicting now that's best animated picture winner next year. Do you, you think know? there'll be nominations for Academy Awards next year? Yeah, they said I think aren't the awards going to be in April this year? I yeah, think but even even April like I'm just thinking there hasn't been a movie released that people know about. Right. So like yes, we had the TIFF films. Right. Uh we've had Tenet. Yeah. Then we have a bunch of movies that are slated to come out in November or December, yeah. which probably won't. 
Then you got January, February, March, which probably won't. You know that. You know. Yeah. Like there's... Unless they all go digital because they said yeah, that. Yeah, so they have to either go digital and become available that way. Right. A, if that doesn't happen, there won't be Academy Awards. So, sorry, um, there's about 27 million-ish subscribers in um, the U.S., mm-hmm. which means if there's about 29%, that means about 7.8 million people mm-hmm. subscribed to... So times that by 30, that's... Uh... Times by 30? Yeah, thirty dollars. Oh, we had time for thirty dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's basically how you can calculate. Interesting. And again, since it was a subscription, sorry, it was a payment that was done through each brand or each uh, provider's internal store. So that means Apple took thirty, Roku took thirty, all those places took that thirty percent from mm-hmm. them as well. Did they still have to go get the cut mm-hmm. through there, even if it was through yep. Disney? Yeah, it would go right through the store. When I like, did you end up getting it? Because it was, it was right through there. No. Yeah, it was right through there. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, again, I'm curious to see what figures Disney's going to release for this. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I'm, I'm just genuinely curious if they see this as a, a, vi- a viable option going forward. Because, again... I'd be down to watch Black Widow this way. Me like, too. This is just... I, yeah. I don't want to go back to the theater anymore. Now that the numbers have gone back up. Right. Until, until it feels, like, safer again. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. But then again, I don't trust the numbers. I which, feel like which numbers like COVID numbers? No, no, the the Disney numbers. Oh, okay. oh I'm like Anthony, why? Don't be. I also don't and like masks. I don't masks. like masks, <laughs> and I don't like this is a hoax. Not coughing on people. Yeah. <laughs> you um, are a big cougher on people. Yeah, I just feel like with with streaming services, I feel like I don't know. There's something that those are skew. There's yeah. I feel like they skew numbers, and there's no because there's not a lot of like third party. They don't have access to these right. numbers, right. Like a box office, like which Nielsen is that data or something. like Third that. party people, like right. Disney's giving uh, seven park data. Yeah. Who knows when, like, yeah, 50,000 people or yeah. whatever watch this. You just don't know. It's yeah. like, I get it. And we'll see what happens. But I'm, I'll am i look forward to watching some of these movies if they choose to stream them. Yeah. Sure. Like and, we know we, and we won't have to wait too long for Mulan, which is coming in December. So if people feel inclined, they could check it out then. Yeah. But don't go watch it now. Like, don't support <laughs> yeah. that. This week, uh, before we dive into the regular trailers, uh, there's a bunch of new PlayStation 5 trailers. So before before we even get into that, yeah, the PlayStation 5 showcase happened this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, rewind back to July. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't like time traveling, so you made him go all the way back in no, July. No, he, he's upset. Uh, <laughs> uh, rewind back to July, Jeff Keighley talking to the PlayStation marketing uh, director, about guys, don't worry, we will give you lots of time to pre-order this console. I remember that conversation, you know. And then I remember just like all of us talking to each other, like, ah, oh, we could breathe, we could relax because it won't be frantic to getting to this. Anthony, I need you to fast forward time two months now. <laughs> I don't like that sound at all. Uh, we had it. Luckily, we all got our PlayStation fives. But my God, was it a frantic! act that night so after this the playstation showcase which was amazing we'll talk about all the things we saw they drop a date and price and then they're like see you next time and then all of a sudden on twitter retailers and jeff Keeley are tweeting out yeah playstation 5 pre-orders are going live now this is happening here this game is coming launch day we're like what is happening with all this stuff mm-hmm. and then they even though they said oh it's going to be tomorrow for pre-orders i'm like oh shoot okay tomorrow we got it we gotta get this tomorrow things started dropping that night it started off with Walmart in the States, and then I think Best Buy was the first one to go live here in Canada, which 
I literally, I would just, I just had this gut feeling. I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep typing this in, and hopefully it, it pops up and it popped up and message all you guys. We all got it. But my God, what a oh, scary experience yeah, yeah. that was! It was I a nightmare. It, if you weren't like socially media inclined to knowing how, you know, to to scan and figure out who's having what, you would have been lost, and you oh, would yeah. have not had the opportunity to get this, which sucks because you told the world tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, Walmart has. Oh, she didn't even tell the world. They. It was like it was Jeff Keeley telling Keighley, the word af- afterward that it was like well, yeah. No, but didn't PlayStation tweet out? They tweeted it out, but they tomorrow tweeted pre-order? after yes. Jeff Keeley yeah. said it though. Okay. So okay. they said yeah, starting tomorrow, retailers will, as early as tomorrow, retailers will be able to, uh, you'll be able to start pre-ordering through retailers. But it was that night things started going yeah. live, and I remember Walmart tweeted, "Well, well we don't want you to wait t- till tomorrow. Here, <laughs> yeah. is, here it is today." And like. Yeah. Well, that's not like it's, it's, as a brand. Like, if I was the head of Sony, I'd be like, "Well, that or I don't know if they allowed this, how this transpires, and how like the inner workings work." But I'd be pissed because I just told my audience that it's going to be tomorrow. Now you're going to come out today, and those who think it's coming out tomorrow, it's you create this like clusterfuck. Of, yeah, it's true. It, it, there's a lot of ways to kind of look at this. Now, I mean, you can look at the pros and cons. Pros, obviously, yeah, you it's going to sell out. It's going to sell out. People it, are hyped. Conversations yeah. there, but one of the biggest pros that I and you know Dan and I were talking about was you kind of almost defer bots this way. A lot yeah. of the times when you have these predestined dates yeah, yeah. Of, ga- of things coming out, uh, people are already lined up with their uh, bots to, to scour yeah. and, these, and, sca- and salvage all these things. So I think maybe with this first batch that came out, there was less of that opportunity to happen. Right, right. We see right. it all the time. Let's let's look at the Mondo releases, right? Like Mondo right. Oh, 100%. last week was, was talking about how like, oh, this went on sale early or this this Mondo print comes out and then bots buy it in the seconds and then you have no even opportunity to buy it. Um, PlayStation tweeted out yesterday, uh, let's be honest, PlayStation 5 pre-orders could have been a lot smoother. We truly apologize for that. Over the next few days, we will release more PS5 consoles for pre-order. Retailers will share more details. And more PS5s will be available through the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So a nice tweet from them. Very honest, very forthcoming. And yeah. they never take it an L. And they, they never take an L like that. So it's nice that they came forward and did that. And I think I think if you want a PlayStation 5 this year, I think I honestly believe you'll be able to get one. Right. I really I really do believe that with the up in production that they've been doing. Um, again, it's all going to come down to what world are we going to be living in in two months. But yeah. I think we're going to, if you're going to want one this year, if you really try and see where it's going live next and stuff, you'll be able to get one. Um, what did we all get? Which PlayStation? PS5 digital, digital, baby. All, all digital. digital. Yeah. I haven't bought a physical game in a very, very long yeah. time. And I just, yeah, it's. I mean, the it wasn't so much of a price difference thing for me because I if that was the one I would have still bought the disc one, mm-hmm. but I I don't use my disc drive not at all. No, I was just thinking like the always thinking in the future like yeah. what is it going to look like like discs physical media, how's that going to play ten years from now, fifteen yeah. years from now, and then it's not you you just know that eventually that's going to go away, and then those who embrace it because they like doing their trade ins, eventually will have to give that up mm. you know it is what it is like electric cars are becoming more popular now you know you might have to give up your v8 or maybe that manufacturer is gonna mm-hmm. not make that car anymore right. because environmentally it's better um economically is it was great for us because it was cheaper yeah, yeah i mean it's yeah. expensive but shit it was cheaper than buying the disc yeah. drive 130 dollars cheaper and even right. buying games right now in canada there's no tax on digital games in the playstation store so you yeah. save that money there right yeah. 
Um, on top of that, the PlayStation Store has so many great sales, and yeah. the games are available that night. So I don't have to worry about you know waiting for my copy to come in the next morning right. or going to the store to drive right. there picking it up. Um, it's it's just all convenience, you know. I don't yeah. have to get up and change the disc. It's just silliness, but at the end of the day, it's those small quality of sure. life things that I like more. I mean, I think for all of us, like if you go back six, seven years ago, a big point of pride for us was look at this wall of media behind yeah. us. Look at this. Yeah. I like I had six hundred Blu-rays at one mm. point, and I'm down, to, I think, like to twenty or thirty right now, yeah. just because. Yeah. Again, I love. I I'll always love physical media, mm-hmm. but. Again, I haven't purchased a digital game in close to... Uncharted 4 was the last one. Physical game. Yeah, Yeah. I haven't purchased a physical game in a long time. Yeah. Both on Switch and on PS4 uh, and even movies now. I'm all digital for that. And Mm -hmm. the convenience of it, being having access to it whenever I want, being able just to um, just see an entire library of content there without having a physical space for stuff too is nice. And I, I just think at the end of the day, like the content's there for you, yeah. you know, and games, even physical games, games ship with such a bare bone structure on that disc sometimes mm-hmm. where there will be games that won't be playable from that disc. And I think it, it's almost, almost all, you games know, now, like, right. They're just pretty much just installed directly on the console. Yeah. But I, I, I mean like the game itself, like that's like a certain version of it, Wasn't right? That fallout that was like that. Yeah. It's like, here's this game, but like as soon as you install it, it's like, here's all these patches yeah. here, are these continued updates. I'm like, and if you're playing a game just from a disc, Regardless if it's a physical disc or not, like there's still an online component to it, mm-hmm. and you'll always need mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. I think you know, like play devil's advocate here, I I still think physical media and everything is still great, and I think for yeah. people who maybe aren't attached to certain things or like the ease and convenience of used games and who like to trade in games, yeah. it's a perfect avenue. I personally like when I buy something, that's mine. I keep it. Right. I don't, Especially now that it's digital, I don't have to worry about shelf space, so I don't mind keeping it. Right, right. and we're in the minority still. Digital, very much right? the minority. So. Yeah, so I totally understand the the love and the need for physical, uh, especially in a lot of countries where internet speeds aren't the greatest. Though. Right, so, for sure, I get it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm so excited for it. It was nice that like the price point I don't think surprised us at all. Uh, four ninety nine and five ninety nine. Oh, sorry, uh, three ninety nine and four ninety nine. So I was thinking of Canadian, the U.S. Pricing. Yeah, the U.S. pricing. Um, so yeah, it came in kind of exactly where we thought. And damn, I'm uh, the digital one. I just think looks nicer because it's symmetrical. That box too, though. The box, the black box, yeah. like it just looks really, really nice. So let's go over some of the trailers that we saw from this event. I'm just going to list them, and then we could talk about the ones that really surprised us. Uh, Final Fantasy 16, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, Hogwarts Legacy, Call of Duty Black Ops, Cold War, Resident Evil Village, Demon Souls, and the big one, there was also Devil, Devil May Cry 5 there, but uh, the big one I think that really surprised a lot of people was God of War Ragnarok, which is also slated to come next year. So next year we're slated to have God of War, Horizon, Ratchet and Clank, a lot of big games from Sony first party. Um, what trailers did you guys like the most from this event? Uh, for me, I like the uh, Demon Souls. Yeah, yeah. It did was... you play the original? No. Okay. But it looked <laughs> cool. Like the, the just the design work and and the monsters and all that. It looked really really cool. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to Marvel's Spider Man, uh, Miles Morales Spider Man. So. That demo looked amazing. Yeah, a lot amazing. of new powers, a lot of new like um, mechanics that yeah. are now involved with. Um, Miles's character. I just want to know how long it took. Like he's doing things that you like you wouldn't expect him to do right away. So I wonder how many years. It's supposed have to be a year. Damn. 
That's, he's really good. He's a quick. He's a fast learner. <laughs> fast learner man. He's a fast learner. You, um, and yeah, like God of War. We, even though we didn't see much, we just saw the symbol. Like looking forward to that as yeah. well. Did you ever? Were you ever a Final Fantasy kind of guy? Um, yeah, like the originals, but um, I love the Final Fantasy movies because they mm. just spirits of them was like like they're all cool looking. Yeah, yeah, and Advent Child was really great, and they're so advanced, but a lot of people don't haven't seen those mm, types of right, films right but yeah I, i'm looking forward to final fantasy i would love to play the, the remake mm. that they just came out oh with. the seven remake yeah so i'm just waiting for that to go on sale uh because that looks fantastic um uh, how about you shay uh yeah. trailer wise or final fantasy uh trailer wise from the ps5 event. trailer wise uh, for me yeah spider-man miles morales looks so cool um i mean the the spider-man game i think about it so often because it had no right to be that good. It no. had no right to be that amazing as it was. It I was literally such a mind blowing pop game. in that game all the time. Yeah, I literally I, I was making like a signal like I'm popping in a disc. I, I'm but at, you like, don't have a disc. I'm like I'm whipping my, my oh, spider web. You're not gonna get far with that way. No. Yeah. Um, no. I I literally that's a game that I, I I test all the time with sound or just okay. Let me look at the let me look at these settings on my TV. Let me see how it looks in Spider Man. Yeah. That's like that's like my default testing. It's game. such a beautiful game. Um. I was really excited by Hogwarts Legacy 2. This game, I mean, it. I know that Harry Potter right now is a center of controversy because of J.K. Rowling, but luckily she had nothing to do with this. Right. So, you know, God bless this de- uh, developing team. Uh, it looks really cool. I mean, I, I love, still I love Harry Potter, and yeah. I really can't wait to play a Harry Potter game where it seems like you create your own character and you're living the hogwarts life you, they even have hogsmeade in the game too so it yeah seems very forbidden forest is there like yeah. all the hogwarts to explore like this is the game that i think we've dreamed about for years like this is like yeah. the hogwarts like like come to life yeah. aspect it sucks that you know for this development team that that jk Rowling's a piece of shit now oh big time you yeah. know uh but it's it's just this is the reality that of the world we're in and Again, you could support this however you want. If there's, I, I, if you want to boycott this game because of Jacob Rowling, all the power to you. That's your choice to make. If you feel like you could separate the, the creator from the creation, all the power to you. It's mm-hmm. it's a difficult scenario where we are right now. I think. Yeah. Obviously, she still benefits off the sales of the game. I'm assuming. Probably. Um, but we'll see closer. I just want to see more of this game. I do, yeah. And I was really pumped by I mean, God of War is where I lost it because oh my god, dude. I, I'm I know that we didn't get to see anything, but at the same time, like I'm so down for it. I remember Corey Barlog, the creative director behind God of War, said that because it, it only took them what like two years to make the first one that came out, the 2018 one, the 2018 one. Because at 20 in that that 2016 demo they showed, they said something about like how they did that in a few months. And then the rest of the game came around in about two and a half years. Right. Them. So it pretty much makes sense that if that game came out in 2018, yeah, we can definitely get a sequel yeah. by and, 2021. And, and at least with like... The assets that, already done. Assets know? already done. A lot of the, the, the bones are there, right? We see mm. that with like... like you know, I, I think of like Breath of the Wild 2. It's like the bones of this game are already made. You're just creating the new... St- you're still creating a lot, obviously. Not to yes. discount the worth that goes into no, games, no, no. but um, a lot of that... The foundation, uh, the foundation, set, yeah. the art direction that's already been established. Yeah, but though they have to like code it for the new, yeah, with the SSD like, and all that stuff, like that type of thing. Yes, yeah. they have to like the new geometry and. But from from what I was hearing, and this is coming from Digital Foundry, like the the, the kit that they use to make games for PlayStation, um, it pretty much was just an upgrade. 
Oh, so okay. they didn't have to worry about. And I, I don't know for Xbox the way they did it was they went from instead of an Xbox architecture, they went directly to the PC. So when you're making games like that, you're making them so much more across generation. Mm-hmm. Whereas with PlayStation, it's more you're making it for that console and the next console above it. Right. So it's a very it's a it's like almost like a funnel where you're just working within what you need. So it makes right. it easier because you don't have to worry about how this is going to work here and there. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. I think it's safe to say we're excited for very PS5. Excited. Yeah, yeah, we are very excited. Yes. So we'll we'll see. We won't have too long to wait, and hopefully, uh, there's some more surprises in store for us. Um, we didn't get too many new trailers this week. American Murderer, The Family Next Door, The Christmas Chronicles Two, and I think my favorite trailer this week was The Mandalorian season two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which one? Uh, well, let's start with The Mandalorian. We all saw this. What do we think of this trailer? I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it a great trailer. It looks more action packed than last year. Um, I like the the pacing of like where this character is going. You know, Baby Yoda still being with him. Um, the new characters that are going to be revealed, which look uh, interesting, and just to see where his story goes. Because I wasn't, I I don't want to say I wasn't a fan because I I liked it. I just didn't think it was the first season of Mandalorian was there yet. Like it just didn't feel. It felt very much like this is season one of this yes. show. Yeah. yeah. It's like Breaking Bad season one. Right. Which is like, yeah, we'll lay the groundwork, but Breaking Bad doesn't become Breaking Bad until season two, season yeah. three. There was, right? a, there was a lot of like stories that didn't need to take place. And right. I felt like it just lagged in certain sure. story, certain storylines. And um, hopefully this year is a little bit faster paced. Yes. More Definitely. cohesive. Yeah. I mean, with season one, I, I thought it was good. You know, I liked it. I it didn't blow me out of the water, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I think season two, it looks like it's going to be a little bit better. Uh, towards the end of season one, it definitely started to get that way. So I'm excited. I, 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 it's not like it was a bad show. I didn't waste my time with it. I didn't regret any decisions watching it. I just was like, okay, this could be better. Yeah. And it's the expectations, season, you know? I like, guess that too, yeah. You hear like um, uh, Favreau writing in and, and you're like, oh, it's Mandalorian, it's Disney. Yeah. And you just like all these expectations you set so high and then you watch and you're like, Oh, this is not what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Rather than just being watching a new show that you didn't, you know, right. no expectations about. It's right? Like, holy shit! Like Lovecraft uh, Country, Country, right? Being holy shit, this is like something I didn't dream of, and right. This, this, this could. This looks so much better than yeah. just anything I've seen on right. TV. It also was the the you know what launched that service for Disney, right? Disney Plus leveraged the Mandalorian to kind of yeah. kick right. off the ground. So. Um, Disney Plus is still doing great from what we can see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it, to me, isn't my go-to s- streaming service at the moment still because when I go on there, there really isn't anything yeah, it's, new. it's the back catalog. It's a lot of the back catalog. Right? And they keep adding more and more things, which is nice. But a lot of it, again, still more back catalog. And a lot of it is also random sometimes. Like, right. I'm like, oh, why, why is this on here? Yeah. <laughs> they decided Ben like Beckham. Ben like, oh, and there okay. was a, an, an Ever After by, you know, because that was a 20th Century Fox film, I believe. Right. The uh, Drew Barrymore Cinderella movie. Right. Uh, there's like 40 Cinderella films on Disney Plus, just in great. case you need it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think with Mandalorian, like, uh, same boat as you guys. Like, I, I I really enjoyed it. Maybe maybe a little bit more than what you guys did, but I think um, just the show itself. I'm like, wow, this is a Star Wars show. This is live action. This actually looks. This doesn't feel like a downgrade. Mm-hmm. I guess like visually mm-hmm. for the show, which I really love. And like, I think the that series that the behind the scenes series on Disney plus is a really great show. If you're interested in how it was made, cause they're, they said that they're going to be using that technology for Thor love and thunder. Right. So they're going to be like, yeah, these giant led screens that we made, uh, we're going to be able to use and make it look like it's actual set. Really cool. 
Um, and De- I think De- uh, Deborah Chow, who did, uh, who directed two episodes, I think. Two, I think, yeah. She's going to be doing the Obi Wan Kenobi show, which yes. gives because I think her episodes were the best episodes yes, of, that, yeah, of that. Yeah, they were for season one. Easily, so. we'll see where it goes. Um, big milestone this week. Goodfellas. Dirty thirty. Dirty thirty. Uh, I I know like. I I think Anthony, you're a fan of the movie, so too. Yeah, he lived it. He lived it. That's he's like, nah, that's just that's he's just like, my that's life. Actually, that's actually based off my great grandfather. <laughs> uh, Goodfellas is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, and I just thirty is a huge milestone to reach. I just wanted to open it up to you guys. If it you feels want to older. It. I don't know why. Yeah. When I heard thirty, <laughs> I was like, really? But it's like ninety one, right? Like, no, uh, 90. 90. 90. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's it feels a lot older than it it really is. I was like, oh man. I think cause I, I always paired with The Godfather, which right. was like right. 70, 70, uh, 74. 74, yeah. Also, the time that the movie takes place is in the 70s, it's right? The 70s. Right. You feel 60s, like 70s. it's like that time. And Martin Scorsese films look very similar. Right. And they that have like look. this film age look. So you think it was shot a long time ago, but it right. wasn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of God, The Godfather. <laughs> and, uh, and The Godfather. And The Godfather. Uh, Goodfellas. Um, <laughs> I think it's one of the ultimate, you know, is the ultimate gangster flick. Mm-hmm. Um, the chemistry between all four of those lovely actors. Oh, yeah. And then we can't forget the fourth one, me, Paul Servino, because he oh. was part of that that group. Paul didn't move fast. Well, that's because Paul didn't have to move, move for anybody. All, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that movie to this day is like, a, it has like a cult following and it's just you know recited so many times and the, the it's so quotable quotable yeah. and, and i think so many mob movies have taken inspiration from it i think any kind of like mobster flick now because I, I i like as much as i love the godfather like they're very they're two different types of, of mob movies, right, right right like goodfellas is very much about these guys doing these crimes and stuff like that Godfather is more of like the families and things like that. It's different. Goodfellas has a very like grounded, on, like boost to the ground. Like, exactly. This is that raw look at how gangsters are doing. And Godfather is like that sophisticated, right? You know, everything was the happening po- the way it was. Yeah, you know? the, the politics, oh, yeah. all this yeah. stuff, yeah. right? During that early time, for sure. And they're, and they're a great pairing. Like, if you want right. to see how both sides were kind of doing it, like, that's a great way to watch it. Yeah. And I think, I think just as Scorsese, I think, I think it's my favorite Scorsese film. Like I think it's mm-hmm. Scorsese at his most Scorsese and just most like this this is the film that I think will define his legacy body of work I think I think yeah. that's that's where I'd put I think it. about that one shot all the time through the uh, the uh, the coconut cabana club yeah the yeah. oh yeah where Copa 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 at the, Copa 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 yeah I can't say it properly <laughs> but yeah that one shot through it is just whew, yeah like oh the, it. when it's just introducing all the characters like yeah. it just it's just such like like that's like the kind of shot that you're like wow like that's such a unique way of introducing like it's right. just there's so many kind of i think grounds that square says you broke that film yeah. and it's it's so cool to see it that like, damn 30 years old like that's 30 years old that's that's crazy 30 30 30 30 yeah what have we been watching this week guys we'll start with shay uh well we watched one night in miami which our review is up for that on for the for our tiff film and also concrete cowboy yes uh concrete cowboy is one of the ones that i forgot that i watched that's i now... i'll be honest like i forgot that tiff i'm like wow like we watched that those this week i felt like yeah. those were like two weeks ago yeah it's, mm-hmm. it's 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 been a weird week it felt slow yeah um i put on 500 days of summer because i hadn't seen that in a very long time i really enjoy that film i think uh it's really well made yeah it's a really well made movie um, really fun. It's funny. It's got some heart to it. Funny how? Funny like a clown. Yeah. Um, like it amuses you. <laughs> but it's it's just funny. It's got a good heart, and 
you know, when you're growing up and you're like this little shitty like teenager that I was when I when this movie came out at that time, which was like what, 2009, I was 18. Um, as an adult, I guess at that point. Uh, you know, you always sympathize with Tom, and you're like, "Yeah, man, Tom, you get yours." And like now, when you grow up, you're like, "Man, you got you were the fucking idiot. Like yeah. you were the villain this whole movie, pretty much the whole <laughs> you time." See, you definitely, you definitely. I think you, you see, like I, I again, not to, like to discount like Tom's like feelings. No, in it, but like you see, like like yeah, like he fantasized her. Like Everything. he he. There is so much to him that like really makes this movie like I think feel like it's almost too real at some it's point. It's like shit. Like this is how people think sometimes and it's like you, you you romanticize things yeah there's that voiceover by the actor who voices sully in the uncharted games you know <laughs> i always forget his name um and it's yeah i just i love those shots of the expectations versus reality and oh, it's just amazing. it's such a well-made film that when i heard mark webb was gonna do spider-man i was like yeah it's so cool <laughs> and then he ugh, spider-man yeah. didn't do a good job uh but yeah that, there's amazing spider-man there's some good in it but i think i not for me Personally, not for me. There's, I, I think there's, there's, I think there's an idea there, but then it just turned too much into a studio, yeah, film. When Stacy's uh, death was, that was probably the only cool moment I think in that whole series for me. Yeah, I really like that death. Yeah, I think, Great I think the like, way they not, shot it and they did the whole thing, it was really good. Not to like turn this into like Amazing Spider-Man talk, but like, uh, <gasps> dare you. the suit I never liked his first suit. Mm. The second suit felt like too much like a, let's try and make this a Rami suit. Yeah, and then um, I think I just think he he played Peter Parker too coolly. Like he was like, this guy wouldn't be like this guy's supposed to be like uh, like kind of like a nerd and picked on. Him. Like he's he's too like Andrew Garfield's like too. First of all, he's too old. <laughs> you know, he Little just played he just played a, a a guy in Harvard yeah. in Social Network, and, and now, now he's, he's like a teenager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very interesting. interesting. But anyways, um, played a lot of Super Mario 3D All Stars as yep. well. So I started playing all three of those, which is great. Um, really. Getting that nostalgia feeling, which I which I love. Uh, I ended up taking your suggestion to continue with Ted Lasso because you said, "Hey, finish the show; it gets really good." And from episode two to episode, I guess eight now eight is finished? the latest one. Yep. Wow, it's probably one of my favorite shows this year. I absolutely am in love with it. I think it's so lighthearted, and yet you root for all the characters and then you hate some of the characters, but you still root for them. Every character is enjoyable on that. And right. it's just what I, and I, what I like about it is that it's such a European show in the best ways. And I think that's, it's really cool and it's really funny, but I love it. And if you have Apple TV plus, I highly recommend it. It is such a damn good show. It's uh, it's amazing how the show came out kind of, it kind of, kind of came out of nowhere. Just came out. Like I remember, we spoke about the trailer a couple weeks ago, and we we're like, "Yeah, there's this Ted Lasso show. It's an American football coach. He's got hired to coach a, a European football. a European football team, and uh, in the Premier League. And it's like, okay, this is the show. But then you kind of realize like who this character of Ted Lasso is, and I'm like, damn, like I just was not expecting this show to go to the places as it does, while still being just like so heartwarming and positive, but also have like utter heartbreak in it as well too mm-hmm. phenomenal and, and i'm not like a sports person or i don't really care about european football not to say i not care but I, I just don't know anything about it really right but you don't need to know anything about it no it's not about just, that it's about these characters and it's yep. so good for that reason um continuing on with the boys i'm loving this season mm-hmm. so far just really cool that last episode that we had with um black knight no what's his name night fury Black Noir? Black Noir. Noir. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Black Noir. Black Black. 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 I just realized. Um, Yeah, Black Noir. You know, really cool episode. That was really good. 
Um, I watched This Is The End again this week, but I watched it twice. <laughs> it was <laughs> I just really love that film. It's so funny. And then I was like, oh, you know, I'll just put it on again because I just really want to laugh again. And I put it on. Uh, last night, Dan, you and I watched Steve Jobs by Danny Boyle uh, and written by Aaron Sorkin. And, man, this movie, every time I watch it, I love it more and more. I think Sorkin's dialogue and writing is on point. And Michael Fassbender just absolutely nails this film he he does such a good job of playing steve jobs and you love watching him on screen he's this movie is great and i think this movie um we were talking like this movie doesn't get the the love the love that it deserves mm-hmm. i think this movie has such an incredible pace mm-hmm. and sequences in it and like just the editing is phenomenal i don't know what movie won best editing in 2016 when the oscars happened i think it was bohemian rhapsody Again. Oh, it, 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 it pre won it. Yeah, um, but I don't even know if Steve Jobs was nominated. But the editing in this film is phenomenal. The score from Daniel Pemberton is absolutely amazing. Uh, just if you have Spotify or Apple Music, just type in "Jack It Up." Mad Max Fury Road won Best Editing that year. Okay, fine, okay, fine, okay. fine, fine. Fair. That's was fair, Steve right. Jobs nominated? I'll find out. Um, this movie's fantastic and i think fastbender is great there's always the what if in my mind of like oh what if it was david fincher what if it was christian bale as steve jobs but i think steve jobs is just such a good movie it's so so good it wasn't nominated it was big short nominated mad max revenant spotlight and force awakens yeah yeah go on Anthony. that's upsetting the only thing i i just didn't like about jobs was not just Fassbender not looking like him, you know, like when he's too good to, looking, he's like, this is like, you're trying to see the character and he doesn't look like the character. It's mm. just so hard to, to be on board with it, but right. he sounds like him, but he just doesn't look like him. Right. right. Um, that was my only, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, that and film- I know it's like, a, it's such a small little thing, but that, that's just, you know, that's that little weird. thing can like change the whole it, it aspect of the film. Us, right. And the film started with Christian Bale as Steve Jobs, right? Yeah. And like that's spot on. Um, but I think if I look at performances as as an amazing actor right. as Christian Bale is, Fassbender brought this right. Like I I, I told Daniel, I'm like he kind of reminds me of Homelander from The Boys, where he's such an asshole. He's such a prick. But you just in this. Yeah. love watching him all the way through. Yeah. And that film, I always think about that what if of, you know, because David Fincher was attached to it when it was a Sony project. And he said, I want full creative control. And they were like, no. And he's like, I want $10 million. They were like, no. And I always wonder, like, what if Fincher ended up making this film? Because, I mean, him and Sorkin made that fucking phenomenal social network. So how amazing would Steve Jobs have been? Even though it's already such an amazing film. And and I take, uh, like, with a lot of, like, kind of biopics. Because this is, is like, a biopic, but it's also not because right. like these are all these are kind of like of changes these are like events that happened in Steve Jobs life but the way Sorkin kind of writes them is like let's have a product launch but also have his world crumbling around him every mm-hmm. kind of time mm-hmm. we look at this at the three different acts I guess of this movie um the dialogue is like wicked fast it is like it's just like you're like you're just it's being thrown at you so fast so you're just on like on a roller coaster with it your your heart rate goes up um but I think like I, I'm totally with you. I think Fassbender, like he, they did his their their best to make him look like him, especially older jobs. Like yes, that I'm like oh, the most. you're seeing it there the most. But I'd rather take, uh, I'd rather have somebody who does the act better than gone. Like because I like we were I I watched like the the trailer for the Steve Jobs movie with Ashton Kutcher. Jobs. Yes, Jobs, and I remember seeing that in theaters and being like, yeah, this is not a good movie. But he looks, looks like a him. lot like Steve Jobs yeah. did. 
Um, and then they made him look like Steve Jobs was like 500 years old when he announced the iPod. Yeah, when he's announcing the iPod, he comes out, and I'm like, whoa, he doesn't even look this old ever. Like, I've never <laughs> seen him look like that. He was like like walking with a limp and a cane pretty much. <laughs> like, in the iPod. Yeah. Like, whoa. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Steve Jobs is a phenomenal movie. Yes. Yeah. It's his, uh, his death is... It's very like the anniversary of his passing. It will be ten years next year. Two thousand. It was two thousand eleven. He passed by. This will be ten years next year. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was around October. It was around yeah. October. It was yeah. actually the day before my birthday. October fifth. Um, the fifth. Fourth. Fourth or fifth? Yeah. When's your birthday? <laughs> Mine's the sixth. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so was the, I that's how I. To that's all how our I... listeners out there, I accept iTunes gift cards. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and uh, things in the mailbag. Yeah, subscribe to Shay's OnlyFans and yeah. tip him there. Only I just fans. yeah, I I watch movies topless. Oh. <laughs> That's my OnlyFans. But the camera's not facing the movie; it's just facing me. Okay, yeah. I'm just there eating like a bowl of popcorn. Just mm, yeah. let's just say the bowl of popcorn is covering the rest of me, which is great. Oh, wow. it's okay. a big bowl. It's more of a trot, I guess. <laughs> Anthony, what did you watch this week? Uh, this week, I watched One Night in Miami with you guys. Mm-hmm. But in separate locations. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we watched. I watched uh, Lovecraft uh, Country, Mad Max Fury Road. Oh wow! Uh, so I full circle watched, with Mad Max. I haven't watched Mad Max in a, a while, and I thought, okay, well, I just recently bought it on iTunes because it was on sale. Let me watch this, and you know, you know, a movie's really good because if I don't pick up my phone yeah. during the movie, you know, like that movie's really good. And yeah. we just did our, you know, top movies of the decade because you know we went into 2020 and i'm going to change my order i'm going to put mad max free road there it was so for the year that it came out yeah did we did I don't you even not know, have it on the decade list i don't even know what i picked but i just what if you did pick that uh, did i i don't, <laughs> I don't think know. so i don't <laughs> think so wait 2016 20 was it 2016 yeah because no it was 2015 yeah anyways year, it's so yeah. good it was such a like watching in 4k Holy crap! It's like such a oh, it's a visual treat. That yeah, film. it's a visual treat. Like in terms of like just getting the best out of your TV if you have a 4K television, put on um, mm-hmm. Mad Max Fury Agreed. Road, and just the music, the the practical effects, the the storytelling, the these characters uh, that are you know on screen that you really care about, and it was just so good. And you had like these nobodies as well. Like you had. People who you've never heard of before playing these characters, um, like uh, Immortal Joe, and you're like, "Who's this guy?" Like he's not a well-known, but he just did a fantastic job being this menacing right. man who's on the hunt for his um, for his brides. Um, it was so good. Like that movie is perfect, and I wish there was more um, Mad Max films or was- just more movies from um, George. George Miller. What's nice about because he doesn't do a lot. Yeah. Like, what's nice about that movies. film though is that like I have never seen the Mad Max movies, but yeah. I've only seen that one, and I still enjoy the hell out of it. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's a roller coaster. That and film. the underlining like woman empowerment from that film and which you know, came out of Char- nowhere really. Yeah. Like this is something that you didn't expect because the trailers really made it seem like this is Tom Hardy's Mad Max film, and then it's actually Charlize Theron's Furiosa. Yeah. yeah. And he doesn't even have any. He doesn't even say anything. Even when he does say it, <laughs> anything, like, it's like it's like a grunt. whisper. That's like, like, like man, yeah. It's Tom like Hardy, a, it was mask, such man. a trick. I think he, I think he did that on purpose. I yeah. think so. And there, there's apparently they're still doing a prequel of Furiosa. Yeah, right, Furiosa for sure. Um, I'm looking forward to that. You were at you did a Tiff movie at a drive-in. Oh yes. Can you tell us about that? So last night I went to um, 
the TIFF drive-in. They call it the Skyline Drive-in, hosted by Visa. Um, and it was for the movie Waterman. Mm. And it was an interesting experience. Um, the movie or the actual... Like the whole experience, like the movie and the, and the actual drive-in. So this drive-in was on the east end of Toronto, downtown Toronto, near the, you know, where the, the factories are, the cement factories. Yes. And the big, yeah, I've seen that one, yeah. You got to cross, it's near, if you, for our Canadian listeners or Toronto listeners, Rebel Nightclub, it's around there. Yeah. Um, so you get to it, you go through this tunnel, and I thought I was getting a car wash for some reason, because it looks <laughs> like a car wash tunnel, and it's these, these cool lights, and it says, you know, welcome to the Skyline Drive-In, hosted by Visa, and you get there, and... Uh, there's these people at the visa tent. They give you like a little bag of um, salsa, and, oh. yeah, salsa and chips and, oh. and cookies and nice. water. I'm like, damn, this is you never get anything out of TIFF. No, so never. getting this experience was fantastic. <laughs> you barely get seats sometimes. <laughs> um, you know, you you pay for your seating, so it's a paid. It's like a, a assigned uh, car lanes, and you find your car lane and you watch the movie. And it's the the only challenge I had was it was a smaller screen. It wasn't mm. like a structured. Um, drive-in screen that you right. may normally see, uh, but it was a cool experience. I really liked it. You had like uh, concession stands where you can use your phone to scan the menu, and it brings up the you know the option to buy stuff. And they had these people on bikes bring you the food, which <laughs> is so cool. Um, and it was reserved parking spots too. Yeah, right? and it was reserved parking spots. That's um, cool. Even the the bathrooms. That they had at these. They made you go in the car. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the bathroom. Give you a bucket. There like, you go. Fantastic. Sponsored by Visa. <laughs> I feel like they like those bathrooms where once you leave, they spray it like it's like one of those automated <laughs> what automated sanitization Man, bathrooms. I okay, I like, dude, it looked I've like a. a what, what are they spraying? <laughs> they look so the bathrooms were in these trailers that look like film, like you know, star trailers. Star trailers. That's cool. They look like star wide. It had yeah. like. You know everything that you want in a bathroom and look nice, smell great. But I think after you leave, it sanitize the whole thing. They just somehow. light it on fire. <laughs> they, light it on fire. <laughs> they break it down and they just um, it back up. <laughs> but yeah, it was a cool. Story. So I watched Waterman, which is directed by uh, David Owelowo. Ol- can you say that again? David Owelowo. Yes, please. I can't Owelowo. pronounce it. Owelowo. It's set in, I guess, now period, family dealing with... So you uh, liked it then? Sorry? So you liked it then that it said present time? It said present time, yeah. yes. It wasn't <laughs> in the past or future. Or in between. There. <laughs> it's now. Um, but yeah, it's about it's about a family who's dealing with um, sickness in the family. And you know the son is trying to figure out a way of solving the sickness that's, you know, taking over his mom mm. who's dealing with a leukemia and it's revolves around like you know you feel like a lot of like the goonies and et very really? 80s inspired type of you know adventure that he's gonna go on to try to figure out how to save his mom um but it doesn't really lead to that there's these glimpses but it it's it's more of like an imaginary tale like his his son is like this the, the the son is trying to do its be- his best to like comprehend how he can like save his mom, and he starts to imagine things. And the one of the characters that he's trying to find is this man named the Waterman, who has a stone. Who whoever possesses a stone can not die. Oh, okay. So um, it's happening during a forest fire, which is you know 
also what's happening nowadays. Uh, so you have these glimpses of you know present life happening in this film. I don't I like I didn't not like it. I I really I thought it was an interesting story. I just wouldn't I would say stream it. It's such a small movie. It's also short. It's right. so only like an hour and thirty minutes. It has a great cast. Like Alfred Molina's in it. Uh, Maria Bello's in it. Um, Rosario Dawson's in it. She plays nice. the mom. Do we know if there's a distributor? Yet I was about it? to say. I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, sounds cool though. Yeah, it has. Like I said, if if you like the Goonies and that '80s inspired, you know, adventure, especially kids, it has that. But it's not Super Eight. Like, right? It's not like that. Mm. Um, so I watched that, and then I also watched uh, Challenger: The Final Flight, which is a Netflix documentary on the Challenger. Um, space shuttle launch? space shuttle launch that uh, Went ended down, right? in tragedy, mm. tragedy, tragedy, tragedy in 1986, mm-hmm. and they tell you the story about how like this is the shuttle. This was the first shuttle to to like the, for NASA to design to come back to Earth. It was like this reoccurring shuttle, and they were talking about like the rockets and the boosters, as well as the team members that were on that shuttle, and one of them being the first, we'll say, private citizen to actually be part of that space crew because everyone on that space crew were either doctors or engineers or scientists um one being an actual teacher mm-hmm. yeah and like she won this not one but she got picked to go to space because she was going to start she was going to do this um whole um series on teaching in space for the kids just to promote like space travel and right get kids right. excited about space travel. it was at that time as well where like nasa was starting to dip pretty much as well 100 percent. people were not interested in space travel anymore. yeah right. so this is like it's a netflix documentary so it's like top of the line like in terms of how it's shot uh production wise is fantastic they have uh interviews with all the astronauts that took place or were part of that team because this this team of astronauts we're all about 35 of them were chosen in 1978. And then those astronauts would periodically go to space and build the space shuttle and build all these amazing uh, international space station. Mm. So they had different teams and this one team that tragically lost their lives. Um, this is not the, I think there was another explosion, 95, 97. Discovery, I think, was it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was a set. This is a separate document. This is the first one. This is the 86. And, it's interesting to learn how space shuttles are made and like the rocket boosters. Literally, it's just a f- they're hooked to a bomb that is just basically going off. It's like, and, a, it's like a slingshot, in a yeah. Way, you know, so but, are they making another one on the on the next one? Is that what they're hinting towards? I don't or? think so because this is just the Challenger. But I wouldn't be surprised if they did a story on that. And like Netflix, in terms of documentaries. No one can beat them Mm -hmm. because they have a documentary for everything. They do. They're just really good at producing and finding stories that we as people don't know we want to watch. Especially this because I know about the Challenger explosion. Right. It happened a year after I was born. Mm -hmm. But I know I learned about it throughout the years because it was like this huge tragic event. My parents would always talk about it. Were you talking about the the Columbia? Maybe the Columbia. Columbia, 2003. Yeah. It was 2003, 2003. Yeah. That, that exploded upon re-entry. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I, I I'm like, I remember one from growing mm, up that was like a, that was everywhere. Huge. Yeah, yeah. 2003. Yeah. It's Crazy. so sad because you see these people like, they're all cheering for their family. Like, oh, my daughter's going to space and all of a sudden it explodes. And like, you That's see, insane, the, man. you're watching, like, it's something out of a movie. It's like you're watching their reactions to 
their their family members dying yeah it's that's, that's it's insane. fucked up but yeah. like it's crazy one thing i learned about nasa is yes the safetyness of their astronauts are priority but when you're going to space it's it's a whole nother level like comprehension wise there's nothing like it. Like you're leaving the earth. There's so there's so much and unknown. It, it's yeah, so much unknown. And it's either you you're in it or you're not. Mm-hmm. There is that like literally that chance you're gonna die. Yeah. You have to take that risk. And I think and that's the thing. I think people go into that knowing that that risk because you're either going to um, succeed in your mission or if something goes wrong your death is the knowledge that they're going to learn from what happened is what's going to make the next one better. And it's, and it's, and it's scary when you think about that. It's like, I'm either going to be a success story or I'm going to be a cautionary tale or like, um, you become a national tragedy. But I'm I'm just, I mean, just more in, in like the, in like in the eyes of NASA, it's like, what do we do wrong? Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, and then it's going to have another group of scientists working to figure that out. And it's such like, it's such a scary thought. Yeah. Um, make me want to watch like, a space travel movie now. I, I was thinking about which which is the documentary Ash- we bought the, uh, the Apollo oh, Eleven. Yeah. yeah, the Apollo Eleven one. That Phenomenal one, one. Man, yeah. I gotta watch that stuff. Yeah, yeah we there was deaths during that Apollo. Yeah, where they 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 just exploded and they didn't even leave. No, it no. was in they, they internal were in fire, fire electrical yeah. fire. Yeah. And they were trapped there. They couldn't leave. They couldn't get out. No. So yeah, like going to space is again comprehension that you you just can't understand. Like you're. You just don't know. You just don't know. Any any million thing could go. Any million of things could go yeah. wrong. Yeah. Unreal. But yeah, really good documentary. So please watch it. And I watched Raised by Wolves. The Ridley Scott. Show, the Ridley right? Scott. Um, HBO Max. HBO Max story, which is really really. It's getting good. It's getting better. Um, like again, if you like Prometheus and that type of storyline, and you like androids, please watch it. Now, your 2015 film, I believe, was Sicario. Does it still stand against Mad Max? Sicario. Yeah. Did you? Did we choose? Did he yeah. choose that film? I think. I think he did. I would Love switch it. Mad Max to Sicario. From Sicario to Mad Max. Sicario to Mad Max. More he watches Sicario, he's like, no, 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 go back, go back, go back. <laughs> no, man. Like I just, I watch Mad Max and just, it's fantastic. It's, it's really good. Yeah, it's really, really good. good. It's really good. And it's such a unexpected, really like. I would say it's one of the best movies in the past twenty years. It should have won Best Picture that year, and it was not. It won a bunch though, which was nice to see. More technical, but it should have won Best Picture. What did win Best Picture that year? And I think Spotlight. Spotlight. Spotlight won. won, Yeah, Yeah. that was a good. That was a sad story, but good movie. But But it was very very much as like I don't think Best Picture. Not Best Picture. Best Picture should encompass all of the categories. And then yeah. go from there. And and I think that'd be a I think that'd be a good topic because I don't think we've really discussed like no. what should what be expectation versus reality, yeah, right? For the Oscars, for Oscars. Yeah, we'll get there. Probably closer to we the should, Oscars because you can't have base the best picture yeah. off a story. You have to base best picture off of revenue, right? Amount of awards it's been nominated. So for editing, music, all that stuff. I think you just should just uncover. We'll talk about it yeah, yeah. closer time. Well, yes. makes the best picture. What makes the best picture? Um, for myself this week, we've pretty much covered everything from One Night in Miami, Concrete Cowboy, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which I've been playing a lot of Sunshine, uh, The Boys. I started High Score, so I watched the first episode of High Score. Again, Netflix documentary, phenomenal. Um, amazing production behind it. I love games, so I've been, I'm really enjoying it, so I'm excited to go back and watch that. We spoke about Goodfellas and Steve Jobs. Um, I got a new... So this week, my receiver decided to die. Um 
and uh, it was literally the day of the PlayStation 5 event. So I'm like, yeah, I can't okay, wait to hear how these games sound. And my receiver just did not want to turn we had on. To, we had to listen through uh, just Th- our headphones. Ugh, through the TV. <laughs> just <kidding. laughs> um, so I had to replace my receiver. And I because my subwoofer was, um, I guess, made for my receiver, I had to get a new subwoofer too. Um, but So I've just been testing a lot of movies. And I was testing like Blade Runner and like Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and stuff. And... Yeah, it's it's now my whole house shakes, which is great. That's how it should be. Mm-hmm. So it feels like I'm watching a, mo- a movie in a movie theater. Mm. So that was everything we've been watching this week. Uh, guys, I have a trivia question for you. Sweet. Are you guys ready for this trivia question? I, I feel so. like it's a Goodfellas trivia question. So you already know it's a Goodfellas uh, trivia question. So uh, are you guys ready for this? I guess. You guys, I'm going to let Shay answer first and then base my answer you, on you, Shay. You, you <laughs> it's an <laughs> alphabetical choice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You could, it's, uh, this is, uh, let me read it to you. Ray Liotta, who is in Goodfellas, of course. Of course. Uh, Ray Liotta turned down a role in Batman 89 mm-hmm. so he could be in Goodfellas. What role in Batman 89 did he turn down? And I'm going to read you some list. I'm going to le- read you some options. How many options? I'm going to give you four options. Oh. I think it's seven and a half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he turned down this role so he could be in the movie Goodfellas. Okay. Did he turn down Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. Harvey Dent, Commissioner Gordon, or the Joker? Uh, I think I know what it is. Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent. You guys are both correct. Nice. That was the fastest trivia we've ever done. Yeah, because I actually remember hearing this one. That's yeah, why. I yeah. remember this one. So he was originally um, asked to be Harvey Dent, which ended up going to Billy D. Williams. <laughs> yeah, baby. Same person. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Billy D. Williams ended up being Harvey Dent, and then they recasted him as Tommy Lee Jones in Batman Forever. It makes sense because when I think of Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent, I immediately think of Tommy Lee Jones as Harvey Dent. Oh, of same course, they're synonymous. Man. Same person. Yeah. Oh my god. But he was just Lando as Harvey Dent. <laughs> he yeah. was. He's like, hey, baby, this is this is Gotham he City. Is this is Gotham City. Hand, I gotta go. <laughs> it's in your hand. Uh, my name is Bruce. All right, there, Bruce. All right. <laughs> This has been the movie podcast. As always, you can catch a brand new episode each and every single Monday across all your favorite podcast platforms. If you want to write in and be part of the show, head over to thistimewith.com slash talk. Make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter at the movie podcast. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. That was this time with the movie podcast. And we'll see you next.